Welcome to this edition of Gabrielle Dolan's Authentic Leadership Podcast. Join Gabrielle as she speaks to well-known leaders on authentic leadership, values and storytelling. The aim of this podcast is to encourage you to embrace authenticity in both the professional and personal contexts. The stories and experience of her guests will be a wonderful catalyst for others to learn from. So welcome to this Authentic Leadership Podcast series and I'm Gabrielle Dolan and today I have the pleasure of speaking with the amazing Georgie Harmon who I met a couple of months ago when we were both speaking at an event in Byron Bay and happened to be almost wearing the identical same outfit of black pants and orange shirt. So welcome, Georgie. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Look, it's great to be here, and um, it it was a delight to meet you as well, and not only from the clothing perspective, but also (laughs) just, you know, connecting as human beings. I thought we um, hit it off. Excellent. We did, and that's why we're here. So um, this podcast series is on around authentic leadership. So I always like to start off about asking you, what, what does it mean to you? Because it means certainly different things to different people. Yeah, look, it does. And it's, you know, this, this whole notion of authentic leadership is such a buzzword now, isn't it? It's almost one of those yeah. phrases. I mean, one of the one of the phrases that I'm beginning to hate, mm. um, but that I actually uh, really have a great, deep personal and professional belief in. So it's a bit of a... a, bit of a um, attention in in itself. Um, But what does it mean to me? It means um, not trying to be something that you're not. I mean, and I've come on a bit of a journey with this myself, um, being a leader, um, whereby I've always taken the view that I can't be anything other than Georgie. Mm -hmm. Um, Warts and all, being a bit of a clown, um, not really believing in hierarchy in a very hierarchical traditional sense um, and believing that you can actually become close to the people that you work with um, and bringing your whole self to work, you mm. know. Uh, and I've, I've had a, an experience in the last sort of two or three years which I've talked about really openly where people have seen the best and the worst of me, you know. Right, okay. Um, and And that's actually been really, really liberating for me and I think illuminating for the people that I work with. Um, So, you know, I talk about it in terms of I thought that being a strong, authentic leader was really about being the person that could take, you know, charge to the front and took the bullet. Um, And that, uh, you know, always had the answers and could could really put up with the, be the most resilient of anybody. And, you know, that my experience of leadership in the last couple of years in particular has shown me that, yes, that is true to some extent, but, you know, by God, if you don't rely on the people around you and if you don't let the people around you in, mm. you're actually failing yourself and you're failing yeah. the organisation that you work for because we are not all 10-foot and bulletproof. Yeah. Was, that, was that a specific event or was it just, a, um, I guess, a learning over time? Yeah, look, I mean, it was, it was a year, so it was sort of 25. 15, 2016, where um, I was, I had a life event um, that really, sh- you know, rocked me in ways that I didn't expect. So a, a 20-year-old relationship ended, mm. um, and it affected me really profoundly, yeah. um, both emotionally, but also I started to make really bad choices. Um, and it, I guess from my perspective, and it's kind of ironic. Um, uh, my mental health really struggled. Mm. Um, and, you know, being the CEO of Beyond Blue, you would expect that I would be doing all of the things in those kind of life situations where 
I try and protect my mental health, but yeah. I did completely the opposite. I didn't yeah. take the, the medicine that I give to everybody else. So the painter's house is never painted. Yeah, exactly. Like so, you know, I, I, I threw myself into work and I was working ridiculous hours. I, ate, I started eating really badly. I drank too much. Um, and my mental health w- went really, really downhill. Mm. Um, uh, to the point at which, you know, I probably was on, on a very... Neck, you know, really, really bad road, yeah. um, and I thought I had to hide that from people, yeah. and I thought I had to protect the organisation, and I had to, you know, be strong in front of my colleagues and my peers, um, and you know, it became pretty evident after a certain amount of time that. You know, as much as I was trying to put the mask on, people were seeing right through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think we think we're getting away yeah. with it, but it's uh, people yeah. can see through it. And the, the moment that I actually let people in and, um, you know, showed that vulnerability and said, you know, there are all these other parts of me that I'm having to bring to work because I'm a whole person that are affecting my, my, my performance and the way I'm enjoying my work um, and I need little bit of flexibility and a little bit of extra support in these areas which was given to me and I'm now absolutely back on track Mm, so you know it was a year where the professional and the personal actually really collided yeah Um, and again you know what the learning from me is I'm the CEO of Beyond Blue I should have known what to do I'm probably one of the most mentally healthy literate people in Australia Um, and if it can happen to me it can happen to anyone yeah yeah so so that's the message that I now give leaders yeah absolutely it's and I I think it's a a great example of you know again you talked about authentic leadership is a bit of a buzzword but it it really is being prepared to show vulnerability and being prepared to you know this concept of leadership that you need to be bulletproof and have all the answers is just not working and it's like I think you said it's liberating it's liberating when you realize you actually don't need to have all the answers it was so lovely to be able to say to people do you know what, I just don't know, but why don't you go away and have a think about it? Or why don't you just get on and do something Mm. um, and let me know if you need either mentoring or support or if things go wrong and I need to know, just come and tell me. But just that letting go and realising that I actually didn't have the capacity at that particular point to to be my best self in yeah. this job. Yeah. It, and it's probably highlights too the fact that, you know, taking care of your... If you're not taking care of your mental health or your physical health, that it certainly impacts the way you lead yeah. and, and, and the way you live. Absolutely. Really. And the two are really integrated. I mean, we can't have good mental health without good physical health yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go off on a tangent because I've just thought of another question. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I work with a lot of corporates that are going through unbelievably massive change yeah. and restructure. And yeah. what I find is... The people who are made redundant or are impacted by their jobs get support yep. by the company. The pe- the leaders that their jobs are safe, so they've mm. gone through the turmoil of not knowing if they got a job and they get a job, but then they have to have these conversations with mm. hundreds of their staff mm. about they no longer have a job. Yep. And I think organisations are failing those people because the amount of mental stress that they would be going through having those really difficult conversations day in, day out... Um, I'm seeing the impact of that. Do you? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, but I think more generally, uh, we're not having the conversation we need to have around the boardroom tables and in you know in those kind of environments about executive and senior leadership mental health. Full stop. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm. we are no different to the one in five other Australians yeah. who will experience a mental health d- difficulty this year. And in fact, you could argue to some degree, you know, we're we're. We, our DNA may be different in that we are more resilient or we've learnt more skills or we've been you know, educated to, to be able to bounce back more easily. 
Um, but by the same token, we're dealing with greater risk factors yeah. because we are under enormous pressure constantly yeah. and it doesn't stop. Mm. And you do, you know, the buck does stop with you and you do have to make the unpopular decisions and, and back yourself in, in doing that. And you do have to sit down with, yeah. you know, potentially scores of people and say, I'm really sorry, you don't have a job. Um, so so it, it, at a, even a basic level, um, you know, leaders, we're, Beyond Blue is doing a huge amount of work with business at the moment where we're saying to leaders, you need to lead on this stuff. You yeah. need to show your leadership commitment to mentally healthy workplaces. Um, but I think we've neglected to some degree the conversation with those leaders about, and how are you going? Mm, yeah. You know, and how are you going? And what are you doing to, to make sure that you are protecting your mental health? Yeah. And, and what are you doing if you're actually not well? Mm. Are you actually putting your hand up and, and to your board or uh, to your chair and, and saying, you know, just like I had to do a couple of years ago, um, hey, I need a bit of flexibility. Yeah. Um, do you fear for your job? Yeah. Do you fear for your reputation? Do you fear for your credibility? Um, are you going to be seen in a different way mm. because you've shown uh, psychological vulnerability? Yeah. I suspect that the answer to that question is going to be far too often yes. Yeah. And that's something, that, again, that, you know, um, I was actually having a conversation with someone about it this morning. We need to be honest with ourselves as senior leaders and say, we're, you know, we, we are just as vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they need to say that it's like, a, it's like role modelling, you know, mm. you're role modelling behaviour. If they're saying, you know, I've had these issues and, and I'm vulnerable, then mm. other people will talk about it as yeah. well. Yeah, so there was a great um, article that, um, that the Australian Financial Review magazine ran, I think, just before Christmas or anyway, a couple of months ago. Just before Christmas, we're now in April. <laughs> are we in April? What's oh, the month? We what are year are we so in? close Who to May. I? What's yes. my name? Um, so yeah, so, um, AFR Boss magazine ran a really fantastic piece where I think they interviewed six or seven senior leaders mm -hmm. who had experienced mental health conditions yeah. and and were being very candid about that. And I think you know that is an amazing step forward in terms of you know smashing the stigma mm. and. Um, you know, opening up that conversation um, because we are we are no good as leaders unless we are well ourselves. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One of the, um, I mean, obviously, it's it's in your position as CEO of Beyond Blue, it's very easy to for you to take a public stance on mental health. It's in fact, it's not only easy; it's your role. Yeah. Um, What's your view? You see, I see other CEOs, you know, for example, like Alan Joyce taking a, a stance on social media. Um, what's your view? Should CEOs be taking a stance on social media issues that are, I guess, out of what normal people would think was part of yeah. your company doing that? Uh, look, uh, yes, I would say absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously there are uh, limitations to that, both, um, both in terms of, you know... I've been a public servant, for example, and you know you, you just don't comment on social yeah. policy issues. You can't. Yep. You're you're supposed to be apolitical, and a lot of these social issues are have a, a deeply political mm. perspective to them. So, you know, notwithstanding that, I think if you're in a position of power and influence, and where you've got a platform where you can potentially speak to millions of people, um, I think why not? You yeah. know? And again, I I don't think it should be a an expectation of the community, but I think it's a deeply personal choice. But but why not? Yeah, um, we are people as well. Yeah, with, with political views, with yeah. 
with personal views um, and with um, quite often a, a megaphone that, mm. that can actually drive a, 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 deep and, a deep and meaningful debate within the community. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I think. It's, but, it, but there's also risk involved. There is risk, and you've got, to, you've got to balance the two. Um, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, you just trust your guts and go for it, I yeah. reckon. okay. So changing tack again, because I'm interviewing a female CEO mm-hmm. and there, there's uh, not too many, um, what do you think about the um, why Australia is taking so long to, I guess, close the gap around gender diversity, especially, you know, females in very, very senior positions? Yeah. Uh, look, I guess I feel my experience through my career has been probably very different as a female to many other females in the corporate world mm-hmm. um, and I've I've worked in the corporate world um, at various stints in my career um, and I take a I think quite a co- corporate approach to my work even in the community sector yep and I mix in those circles so I'm, I'm not a Pollyanna when it comes I'm not you know naive when it comes to this but but my own personal journey I have I, I've been asked this question through a different lens actually and it's about being a gay woman do you think your sexuality has actually held you back in terms of your career? And I've said actually no, being a woman's probably held me back more right. than my sexuality. Um, but having said that, I've worked in predominantly in, in industries which have been heavily biased towards, um, towards women, um, maybe not at the senior leadership level, but um, you know, in the health and community services yep. sector, there are a lot more female leaders yes. okay. than uh, men. Um, in government, mm. you know, the Australian Public Service. You know, I've, uh, the only uh, the the only secretaries oh. of departments I work for were female. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, I've had some really interesting role models through that journey, and um, and so I guess my my experience has been I haven't personally seen my gender as as a real barrier. Having said that, though, um, it's probably been a bigger barrier than my sexuality. And uh, why do I think that is? I still think that there is a deep unconscious bias that yeah. exists um, around all kinds of practices and behaviours, um, whether they be recruitment, whether they be um, developing and, and secession planning, um, or whether they just be, you know, culture. Mm. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, there was, there's a, an international um, or a US-based um, study that I became quite interested in last year called the CEO Genome Project, uh, which found, uh, basically interviewed, I think it was about ten or 15,000 um, CEO or CEO equivalents in all types of business, business and industry types and sizes in the US and came up with four really strong, consistent themes around char- what is what are the characteristics that make an effective CEO yeah and they were very different to the, to the traditional characteristics that boards for example look for when they're recruiting a CEO right. so it's about so you know boards the traditional um, uh, thinking around um, you know CEOs we need a strong charismatic mm. person who can hold the room a person who can bring shareholder confidence you know yep. uh, and, and, yep. and lift it a person who can um, inspire and motivate others, um, and a person who backs themselves, you know, yeah. and and rightly or wrongly, and it's a generalisation. Those are characteristics that I think men are 
yeah. largely better yeah. at than yeah. women. Absolutely. So they market themselves better in those yes. situations. And if if you've got a better marketeer and a and a and a, um, a methodology of recruitment or even a mindset of recruiting or career progression that that biases those kind of characteristics, then I think you're going to get men rising to yeah. the top every time. Yeah. A lot of the time. But the kind of characteristics that, that this research study showed is it's very, in a sense, banal mm. um, character, characteristics. It's turning up. Right. It's consistency. Yeah. It's reliability. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, what's really, what I found fascinating was that the most effective CEOs, not the most successful mm. necessarily, but the most effective CEOs had made catastrophic mistakes at some point in their yeah. career. Yeah. Um, so those people who rise to the top really well and are the golden boy or girl, yeah. they're not necessarily the most effective. Yeah. So anyway, they, we kind of yeah, digress a bit. Right, no, I think, no. I good. think there's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, I, might, I might find that um, really find that research and put a link when we, and there's when a great, we do the podcast. There's a great podcast as well okay. through the um, Harvard Business Review. Great. Yeah. Not as good as our podcast. Of course not. Good no, this is the best podcast <laughs> I've ever done. Ever. Or listened to. Um, <laughs> Um, I want to change tack yet again because I think part of this is getting the listeners getting to know a bit more about you. So just some personal stuff now. If you could change one thing about you, what would it be? And you can't take the standard of nothing because... No, I'd change many things about myself. <laughs> um, the first is that I... Um, <laughs> this is this is a suggestion of my media manager actually. Right. Is that I wish I was taller. Right. Okay. Okay. Great. No, but you know, you but can't can't really change. No, I you can't change. Taller. That. I wish yeah. I was taller. Wish I was taller. Um, I wish I. Um, I wish I. I don't lack confidence or self confidence, but I think I have at times, and I think mm. I lack self confidence in certain situations that I wish. I wish I could just be a little less thoughtful. Yeah. You know, and just, just crash do it. through. Just do it. Um, I also wish that um, I had believed in myself more earlier. Yeah. Probably a common thing. Mm. And it, that lack of confidence too, I do a lot of work with senior women and you, you look at them and you think, oh my God, they're really confident. Yeah. But every every woman I've spoken to or who I believe is so confident has had times of lack of confidence. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's it's probably normal and maybe if you don't have that, you'll err on the side of being arrogant. Yeah. Sorts. And I guess, that, you know, that there's a positive side to that as well because I think it brings with you humility. Yeah. And I think humility is, a, is actually a really underestimated and under, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Undervalued. Undervalued. Yeah. Um, character, yeah, characteristic. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about humility. What's um, what's a stupid thing you've done recently? Oh, look, <laughs> you know, um, again, you know, um, where do we start? So, so I think the one that I think that springs to mind the, the most, which I was terribly embarrassed about at the time, but it's turned into a bit of a, um, you know, a, a, a talking point across the organisation um, at my expense, of course, but I quite like that. <laughs> So staff meeting, 170 staff in the room, you know, I'm kind of doing the whole rah-rah thing and, you know, I, I pride myself on my visibility and my availability to my staff and the fact that I like to get to know them as individuals. And um, so we, were, we, would, we just had a guest speaker in and I was kind of emceeing and I was, you know, inviting the staff to actually ask questions. And I said, okay, so who's got a question? And at the back of the room a hand goes up and it was one of my guys who works in my media team who I see every single day and he was relatively new at the time 
And I said, um, and his name's Sandro. And I said, Carlos. <laughs> Carlos, <laughs> so glad. So, yep. And the whole organisation just did a sharp take in, in intake of breath. And, and then someone said to me, his name's not Carlos. <laughs> Anyway, so, so I said, I don't care. Your name is now Carlos. You're, you're from now on, just, you are Carlos. You are, you are Carlos. Um, so that was pretty embarrassing. But he's, to his credit, he, I, I still call him Carlos. In fact, the whole organisation now calls him Carlos. Until the point um, about three months ago where we actually recruited a real Carlos. Right, OK, you had to change back. No, no, no. no he's still this no. Carlos. So there is the real too. Carlos <laughs> and, now the, and the fake Carlos. The fake. Uh, but anyway, fun. look, I'm just really bad with, um, you know, details sometimes and, and um, I, I don't often think before I speak sometimes. So, you know, I'm constantly putting my foot in that. Well, that's okay. That's, I was going to say, um, besides remembering names, what's the hardest part about your job, do you think? Um, I have an energy that I think is both an incredible asset to me and an incredible, um, you know, it's something I need to keep an eye on because I think, you know, I, again, when you look at well-being, I push myself, push myself, mm-hmm. push myself because I believe so passionately in the business and that I am in. Um, I believe that this is the best job in Australia and I believe that um, it is a privilege. I, the job that I have been given yeah. and that I serve in is an absolute privilege and the fact that I get paid for it is, you know, is, is fantastic. Um, there is so much to do in the space of mental health, well-being and suicide prevention in Australia. Um, so the hardest thing for me about my job is actually saying no yeah. because there is such a paucity of of quality services in some areas there is such a demand for better earlier support um, and there are so many population groups that are really really doing it tough mm. and as an organization that has a national footprint that is incredibly well known that relatively speaking is you know is is um, sustainably funded um, I can either keep saying yes to everything and end up being such a dilute organisation that I'm in effect that we're ineffectual, yeah. or we can make some really hard choices and say we are going to stick to these things, these four things, and we're going to do them really, really well yeah. because we're really good at them, and we believe they're going to make a massive difference. Which means that we're going to have to say no to another twenty things. Yeah. That is the hardest thing about my job. Mm. I find that so difficult. Mm. Yeah, your the passion, your passion is just. It shows you can absolutely see it. Um, so Even I'm sure it takes podcast. through a podcast. You can see it. You should see it here, people. <laughs> She's jumping on the table. Um, so obviously, you spend a lot of time at work thinking about work. But when you're not CEO, mm. what 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 are you doing? What do you love doing? Oh, look, I really. So I've got a dog, and and um, she's the most beautiful little thing. She's she's 14 now. Um, her name's Lola, and she's just my little mate. So we, you know, I like. I just love taking her to the park or the beach and just letting her run. I mean, so dog, walking my dog. Mm. Um, I love, you know, just spending time with friends. I've got a great yeah. circle of friends and and uh, I'm rediscovering cooking. I haven't cooked for many years and, um, you know, just... What's, this, this what's your, what's your favourite dish? What, 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 what's I, your, have you got a signature dish? I don't have a... Oh, no, I wouldn't say I've got a signature dish. I can my, cook. my best mate's got a signature dish. Her, pa- her kids say, Mum, can you do your signature dish and it's takeaway? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Uber Eats has yeah, changed yeah, my Uber life. Eats yeah, Uber Eats is yeah, yeah. So anyway, you, there must be something. Now, look, you love I'm, cooking, I, though. I love cooking and I love eating it even more curry. I could eat curry, oh, yeah. breakfast, lunch and dinner. Thai or Indian or Malaysian or well, doesn't matter? mainly more in Indian and Malaysian. And oh. So I grew up in Singapore. Oh, okay. So, you know, I grew up in chilli crab and curry. And, yeah. Yeah. And I just, my mouth's watering just thinking about it. So yeah, I can cook a mean curry. Okay, yeah. that's good. Curries go a long way. Yeah, they do actually. <laughs> and you know, it's just set and forget. Yeah, Once you've yeah. Done all the grinding yeah, of the spices yeah. and all that. Oh, you do it from scratch. Oh yeah. Oh, oh that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. That's very impressive. It's like you, she's looking at me like, what? What do you do? <laughs> Buy the, some packet mix. Um, so that's your favourite thing to cook. Yeah. What's your favourite eighties artist? Blondie. Blondie. Yeah. Wow. I love Blondie. She's yeah. just phenomenal. Yeah. And I, I saw her at um, at a concert. Um, what's that? Something in the park or something on the green? Yeah. The, yeah. yeah the Day on the green. Day on the green. Yeah. I saw her last year. Yeah. She's just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she was the first I bought. First cassette I ever bought. Oh yeah. Was the cassette Parallel scene. Lines. <laughs> And yeah, I just think she's phenomenal. She was just one of those really, the, one of the first really fierce yeah. women artists yep. that, you know, um, I mean, the, the tunes are just great. Mm. You know, I still listen to her. Yeah, excellent. Um, I love a quote. Yeah. What's your favourite quote? Do you so, think so that, yeah, I have, and why? Well, I, you have, have your, I have my own quotes. Oh, you have your own quotes. Yeah, yes. You're quoting fact, yourself. I have two of them. And, um, and they make, you know, they're, they're slightly ridiculous. But the first one is um, uh, less meetings, more hairdressers. <laughs> and, and that, that I, I, I can see a calendar coming. That I coined. Inspirational quote. Yeah, that I coined when I lived up in Darwin, actually, so several years ago, where there was an absolute paucity of high-quality hairdressers. Right. So there's a little bit of context to that one. But I think just generally, you know, the fact that we spend so much of our time in meetings... Mm. Um, and talking about things with quite often no purpose. Yeah. So you know, really, that saying that saying to me all really just focuses my mind about: Do we really need to, like what are we trying to achieve here, and what's yeah. the best way to achieve it? Um, you know, the growth of email is just a thing that drives me to distraction. Mm. Um, so I think it, less meetings, more hairdressers. Yeah. And that really just means to me: Let's focus on what we've got to achieve. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, also, you know, a good hairdresser is very important to one's life. Very important. Yeah. And I, I think I, I think Microsoft have a lot to blame with these meetings that always seem to go for an hour. Yeah. So I, I've got a theory that, like, the default is an hour. When you should have to say, you've got to say how many how many minutes do you think you yeah, need? And it right. should be a multiple of seven or that's something. Right. Like, yeah, I reckon we only need about 18 minutes yeah, for this and right. put 18 minutes. But yeah. every... Every meeting's an hour, which means people are just going back to back to back to yeah, back to back. exactly. And just this, well, how are you? I'm busy. Exactly. Like, and, you know, coming into meetings actually saying, well, and, you know, quite often I'll open a meeting and say, okay, what? 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 <laughs> That's another <laughs> that meeting most, that should have been an people, email. People look at me with horror and just say, oh, well, you know, we just wanted to talk to you. Well, okay, what's your advice? Things. You know? And the meeting's over in 10 seconds. Excellent. Because they, so, they haven't thought it through or yeah, they've got some yeah, your advice. Yeah. I say, yeah, I agree. Respect other people's time. And, yeah. Um, so that was one quote. So, and the other, other quote? look, the other one, which is more serious, which again, you know, many brilliant people have said it, I'm sure, but, um, but it's just trust your guts. You know, yeah. I, it's just... This, this fundamental thing about your instincts are incredibly important. I think, again, we undervalue them. Yeah. And if I look back to the decisions that I've made, good and bad, 
um, my instincts have always been right. My guts have yeah. always been right. And I think we need to, you know, put our ears to our tummies sometimes and yeah. really, really listen to to the, the those things that you can't necessarily intellectualize, but just oh, just don't just feel not, right about yeah. that or feel really good about this. Let's yeah, just go let's for just it. Let's just do it. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I think I think I've got um, two more. You know, you know, I'm a fan of uh, trying to reduce the amount of jargon we use. Yeah. So, um, what's what's a bit of jargon that you just hate? Look, pivot, hearing? pivot, pivot. We are pivoting <laughs> to the point where we're. I'm surprised we're not vomiting everywhere. You know, we are pivoting. Pivot this. We're going to pivot over here. We're going to. If I see. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, it's just been one of those words, and it's taken off so quickly. Pivot. Everybody's pivoting. Pivoting. We must be feeling so unwell because we're just. We must all be very dizzy at the moment. (laughs) So yeah, pivot is my pet hate at the moment. Okay, I'll try not to use the word pivot in my last sentence. (laughs) But if you could pivot your life back to when you were (laughs) twenty years old, what would be the one piece of advice you would give your twenty year old self? Um, it would very much be about that, you know, trust your guts and believe in yourself because, you know, again, I I like many of us come from very humble beginnings and um, you know, a very, very um smart, switched on uh, mum and dad. Um who gave all of us um, great love, at structure, and um, safety. Mm. So I had a great, you know, great childhood. Um, but I, I, and I knew that I was. Amb- Did I know I was ambitious? No, I knew I had something in me that I wanted to do something with my life. Yeah. But. I guess, I mean, I was the first person in my family to go to university. My dad was very successful in business. Um, my mum was a stay-at-home mum but had a career before she had us kids. Um, but I guess I just never believed that I would be able to be sitting here talking to you about being a CEO of an organisation. Mm. I just never felt that it was something that I would ever achieve. Yeah. I, I just didn't even envisage it. Yeah. Um, and I think... You know, it's been a series of, you know, working really hard, being focused about the kinds of roles that I wanted to take on and what I didn't want to do with my life, but also having a couple of key people in my life who really pushed me and said, why not? Mm. You know, of course you should go and put your hand up for that role. Yeah. And you should back yourself. And if it hadn't been for those two couple of people, I... I probably would. I don't think I would be here mm. because I. I think I would have held myself back. Yeah, we need those people that uh, believe in us before yeah. we even believe in mm. ourselves. Georgie, thank you. Um, you are certainly making a difference with what you're doing with the Beyond Blue. So um, keep doing that. Keep looking after yourself. Keep mm. being you, mm. and uh, keep making a difference. Thank you for being part of the series. It's an absolute pleasure. It's been. It's been fun. Thank Thanks. You. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast in the Authentic Leadership series. Visit the resource library on Gabrielle's website to access a collection of free material on business storytelling and thought leadership.